Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Carl's Roller Coaster Podcast. Hello, dear friends. Welcome back to the Roller Coaster, Carl's Roller Coaster Podcast. Today, I have a very, very, very special episode for you all. It's with Raphael Bittencourt, the founder and main composer, songwriter of the Brazilian heavy metal band Angra, which was a massive influence on my early days as a musician. And myself and Raphael, we've met for the first time roughly 18 years ago, back in 2002, and I started booking workshops for uh, the musicians in the band back then, and Raphael was obviously one of them. And we evolved the relationship in many ways uh, throughout the years, and we became very, very close um, during that period. So, yeah, it took a while for us to set up the time and get the day sorted for us to have this chat and conversation, but what a good one it was. We had, we talked a lot about the current crisis in the world and uh, the scenario that we are all in, um, which lasted for a fair bit of the beginning of the podcast. And then we talked about his musical career, uh, his life ambitions, his spirituality and all sorts. It's a very, very intelligent conversation. Rafael is a very clever, intelligent man. And uh, I do hope that you guys will enjoy Please do share, subscribe, review, give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And yeah, with any further, without any further ado, please uh, all enjoy Raphael Bittencourt. Hey, Raphael, how are you doing, my friend? Welcome to the roller coaster. Hi, Carl. Nice to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Let's let's talk. Let's talk, man. Let's talk. How has it been this year for you so far? This crazy year, especially, you know, considering, you know, you as an artist, as a musician who, you know, make a lot, a, a, a big chunk of, of, of the life is actually, you know, performing live concerts. And and that's ob obviously on hold at the moment. There's nothing on that front happening. How has it been for you and your family? How did you guys cope so far? Well, I mean, it's been fine. Everyone is healthy, which is, I think, the most important thing. I have, um, I have bronchitis, right? So I had to take lots of care because I, I, I don't trust very much that I would uh, be strong enough with such a virus, considering that, um, I mean, athletes and healthy people is being taken by it. But anyway. We're all fine. We're all cool. Um, I think it's a year. It's a very weird and crazy year, as I said. But um, I think it's a year for adapting for everyone. I think it's a year where uh, nature itself. I mean, considering that, considering that the virus is a natural cause. I think it's a year for everyone. To, everyone was brought to the same level. Everyone, like uh, from the president of the United States to the, um, I mean, 
people on the streets, everyone was were talking about the, exactly the same thing. I remember when uh, the the um, how to call it that the um, attacks on um, September 11th, right? It was a huge world crisis, but most part of the world was watching it from outside of the problem. I mean, as viewers. But now we have this huge world crisis and everyone is in it, you know? Everyone is is being part, I mean, it's part of the thing. You can help, you can, I mean, do your part, you can, you probably have to think a lot about your life. You have to stay home. So if, like, like uh, marriages, right? uh, you have to 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 find a balance and a harmony because I mean you know, the dynamics among the relationships is different. I mean, many people that you see every day, you, you stop seeing it, and then suddenly your wife that you many times see for a couple of hours a day, you start seeing it like for, for the whole day. I mean, it changes a lot, you know? So it's a, it's a time for rethink your habits, rethink your life. That's what I'm doing. That's excellent, yeah. I mean, I totally relate to, to what you're saying. I think it's, um, it's a very, I mean, for, for if you have the privilege, because obviously um, a lot of people in the world do not have or don't live in an area of the planet that have uh, good um, social care and can't, and it's re are really struggling at the moment to cope with bills and, and, and the uncertainty of the future. But if we are not, if you are not in the position, and I say you, I mean uh, uh, people in general, uh, not in a position to be extremely concerned about the next paycheck. It's definitely a very unique time in for humankind because uh, when was the last time you remember having six months that you literally were ordered to most of the time to stay home, do not go out, don't engage on any public performances, do not engage with any uh, kind of work outside your um, close you know do not engage with people outside of closer circle and a lot of people take that as um uh an opportunity to perhaps um you know evolve to rewire perhaps their brains and 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 think about uh, uh solutions for things that perhaps they didn't have the time or didn't put the attention into it um back uh, before when this whole thing happened so it's definitely an opportunity for growth i see it as an opportunity of growth for for all of us and um, when it comes to like the the situation in Brazil like which is a huge country and so many different states and a lot of people in the world do not comprehend uh, how massive the country is and how complex the political system uh, is because of that you know so many different states being a republic and uh, I do not follow a lot of what is happening in the country, but having family back there, I do get to hear about all the conflicts and all the problems with, you know, the, the, the health minister that uh, quit and then the, the guy that came after left his job as well. And uh, all of the conflict that you see happening and then Brazil not not having the best social and the best health, public health care. 
um, how, how, how do you see that? Do you have any people around you that uh, have contracted the virus, have been, that have gone to the to hospital and have an experience or something like that that you could share with us? Yeah, fortunately, I'm not, I, I don't have um, anyone like real close to me that uh, people that I care of, they're all fine, yeah, which is very good. But um, people around me, you know, like I, I hear people dying uh, close to me, you know, like uh, the father of maybe a friend or something, or, or my, and I had a teacher. Well, actually, I had a teacher from university, from a music university. She was like one of the most important teachers in my career. Uh, I studied conducting and composition. She was my conducting teacher. She died of, uh, of COVID and that was very sad. Of course, it's been a few years that I didn't uh, get in touch with her, but I mean, it was sad to see it. Uh, I, here in Brazil, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a country with lots of uh, uh, social problems and people tend to live with uh, with the feeling of surviving, right? So we're all very usually on under the surviving state. So people are very defensive. People are very selfish many times, like if they had to struggle for their own stuff, for their own lives, which is bad. So, so the mindset is very low. Yeah, we don't have that mindset of prosperity or whatever. Uh, so most of the people are, um, even the ones who are on, a, on on upper social classes, it's a cultural thing to to save, to keep. We never know what's the what's what will be t tomorrow, and uh, so it's a very fragile culture. It's a very fragile society. And it, so it's also very easy to be manipulated, which is what happens here many times. Uh, now the the political uh, m mind, uh, right? The, the the people. I mean, the the the, uh, the opinion for the people is very divided, polarized, and which it, it, it's very very bad to, to find out solutions for our, pro, our own problems. So now people think that we have two um, saviors for the country. One big savior would be Lula, and this guy is more like a socialist, or not, not, not like a communist, but I mean very much a socialist, and his party too. So he's leading lots of people who think that they, that he is a savior, like a mythical savior, and then all the all, all the um, all the religion tradition of a messiah comes around, and then to the in the other end, there's this very conservative, but um, uh, which is Bolsonaro, with with a very conservative mind. More like, um, well, more like if you were in in U.S., he would be 
very strict Republican, but and with lots of people le uh, being led by him and thinking that he is a messiah, thinking he is the savior of our country. So in the very end, it's said for the people who, who are uh, believing in a world a little, a little bit more centered, a little bit with, uh, with balance, and people are fighting a lot because of these opposite opinions, and we can't find a way out, you know? So it's a social crisis, economic crisis, cultural crisis. I mean, music here is being played in the radios and stuff. It's awful. Um, people, I mean, powerful, uh, powerful companies and powerful groups of people taking opportunity of this massive ignorance. Uh, so it's a bit sad to, to see it. Um, do you think that um, this, because um, in the beginning there was a lot of talk and people mentioning the fact that um, this might bring us all uh, back together and be more considerate to, to our neighbors and to fellow uh, human beings. Uh, do you think that this is this is something that will actually create such uh, such thing, or do you think that as soon as we uh, find um, a vaccine for the matter, uh, we might just um, re, re well basically go back to to what it used to be and our old behaviors, or do you think there will be some sort of um, emotional and um, global kind of um, change within people's behaviors and people's minds uh, that's for sure i mean people are people are already changed i think people had to to stay at home and had i mean changed their habits i mean suddenly so first of all um all the viruses they will tend to be uh every day stronger Right, so uh, we had H one H one N one, the previous dangerous virus, which was already very dangerous. It it's still evolving into a more dangerous virus, and then uh, all of a sudden we find out <clears throat> about an even more dangerous virus, which is COVID. He's standing. He's also working. I mean, it's worth. It's also working to, to to be stronger, right? So we're working to find a vaccine, and the virus itself is working to get stronger. And we'll probably find even more stronger, uh, even stronger viruses in the future. What happens is <clears throat> we also had. We also, I mean, are the viruses strong or we are getting too vulnerable, right? So our lifestyle maybe also is getting us too vulnerable. So what's happening, it's a, uh, it's a very sad, but a natural selection. Companies that didn't have a very healthy financial status, they had to, to close the doors. In the other hand, other uh, companies, stores or e-commerce com e or whatever, they were more um, susceptible, um, more likely to succeed or, or, or to thrive. They are thriving. 
So with people will be the same. We will have to find habits to, to be not so vulnerable to the viruses because they will probably, even if we find vaccines to one or another, they will probably in general get stronger and stronger because they're evolving. Um, but I think that, um, as you said, on the behavior level, it's it's already changing because once we, we, we start to leave our homes, once we start to, to re-seeing people, to, to um, getting back together with people, we will be a little bit more selective on this. I mean, if shaking hands, hugging, kissing, this will be, if this is um, a life threat, right? You will select much better than people that will shake hands and uh, be around with and be close enough. And so this will probably in the first moment um, uh, create real uh, relationships. I mean, we have lots of people that we relate to on our social medias and through our cell phones. But that circle around you, that's the real circle around you, you you'll be more selective about it. So <clears throat> people had time to think, who are the people I would take a risk to be around with? I mean, uh, once I cannot, I mean, uh, just, uh, um, if it's dangerous, for instance, to take a train, to take a subway or whatever, uh, it, it, it's got to be very uh, important and worth it to, to go somewhere. I mean, not just go, you know, in an autopilot. So I think people will, uh, this, this is shocking. It left a, a scar in society. I mean, everyone had... Um, Everyone had his own personal uh, experience of what we what was happening, and made everyone uh, wake up. Like if everyone had to wake up to 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 leave the autopilot mode. Right. Do you have because um, because like for example, when you mentioned about um, being more mindful about. The people that you perhaps will have around you, or the people that you're gonna bring uh, in home in the near future, because of the current pandemic, the current crisis. But uh, I always, I, I can't help but wonder. I mean, we we never think about if you're inviting someone over, if you go in uh, somewhere to meet a, a, a group of people that you don't know them that well, if they carry the flu virus, or if they have pneumonia, or if they are cancer patients. Obviously, cancer you can't transmit between uh, uh, humans, but but still, it's uh, one of the most deadliest uh, diseases in the whole wild world, killing like way more than any uh, um, virus that we can possibly think of. Uh, you know, pneumonia it's another one that kills like millions of people every year, and we, you know, it's not something that we considered as serious as, for example, this COVID-19, this, this new strain of the coronavirus. Um, and my, my, my question would be more like, what do you have any, 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 any particular opinion about it? Because we're dealing with something that obviously the media 
uh, is, you know, there's a lot of people actually pro protesting here in Europe at the moment saying that this is all a hoax. This is not something that we should be uh, as concerned that we should, you know, that basically putting people into lockdown, it's, uh, uh, it's going against human rights and things like that, uh, which I don't particularly share that opinion. I just want to make that clear. But the fact that we're dealing with a virus that kills less than 1% of the people that contracts this virus, you know, uh, when you have uh, influenza or our well-known the flu killing uh, every single ear so much more than what COVID-19 will have killed by the end or by the point that we discover a vaccine. Uh, it does. It does bring the. It does. It does bring questions into it, doesn't it? And when you see like um, big, like you mentioned, like e-commerce and the biggest companies on the planet, um, I don't mean to get into like um, uh, <laughs> conspiracy theories here. I'm literally just uh, uh, bringing up some subjects to see if you have a, a, an opinion about it. Uh, like you know, you get Amazon and you get all the biggest companies in the world that shares are just skyrocketing. Even on the music business, when it comes to that uh, streaming platform and the streaming world uh, has been on an upward during the last few months. Uh, obviously, there are uh, obvious reasons for it, but it's inevitable to just think that a lot of people in the, wor the world are suffering and are struggling to cope financially, and uh, the top of the chain keeps on, on, on rising, keeps on ruling. So... Um, so all of those things, you know, I think when media broadcasts that, oh, we have so many people dying. Okay, but if every day we would get reports of people dying from the flu, how would that be? Or, or, or getting the actual numbers on a weekly basis from people dying from cancer or diabetes from their poor diets that people consume all over the world. And, you know, slowly we are getting... Uh, you know, the, 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 the attention into a diet and physical activity and all of that, which is uh, very uh, pretty standard for some people, but it's really uncommon and it's not exactly part of uh, our uh, upbringing and our education in the world, meaning that this is, those are the, some of the most important things that you can possibly do. I have people that I know, they are super concerned about um, the coronavirus. They're really going paranoid with the whole situation. But when you ask them, what are you doing? Well, I'm staying at home, but I'm still smoking. I'm still having a bad diet. I'm still overweight. I'm still reluctant on going and exercise. So there's a bit of uh, <laughs> a two-sided sword there for me because, okay, you're going absolutely paranoid about a virus of which is obviously something to be concerned of this is a world crisis but what are you actually doing for yourself in order to protect yourself from that virus apart from not being in contact with other human beings so um i end up like dwelling into so many different areas but mainly i would like to hear from you if you have uh, like an opinion in regards of a virus a situation of which is not it doesn't seem to be in comparison to all the viruses that we've had in the past as dangerous as. Well, yeah, Carl. This is something that uh, all the doctors together, uh, they should be in charge of giving us their opinion, you know, because uh, it's easy for us. The thing is, it, it, um, it didn't kill people as much as we as if we didn't do what we've what we've done, okay. 
And there's another effect. Many hospitals, they were so crowded uh, uh, of sick people of COVID that the, the infection is too fast. That's also the problem, which makes all the, um, all the health system to, to um, the word, um, to collapse. So that's the problem. So the thing is, if you, you, all the hospitals, they're too crowded with this, uh, with patients of COVID, they can't treat any other patients. You know, I mean, they have less people, they have less beds and less everything, less equipment. So this is one thing. <clears throat> the numbers we have are the numbers of 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 a world that that really woke up to a to really uh, on the alert mode. So we had to stay home. That's the numbers we have. It's a very fast infection, and. All the doctors that I know, all the people that are into the war fields, they working directly on hospitals. They really, really tell me that it's a very serious thing. They are uh, on a, uh, they are watching, uh, they're terrified with this thing, and they're always telling us to, to stay at home. So uh, the other thing is the fear of death right of course the media will take some advantage of it because the media would always try to expose our fears because it brings some kind of um <clears throat> just a second it brings attention to the to the public and uh, i mean money in in the very end but what happens is that we're facing the fear of death. It's a new way of dying, and it's a new way of losing our dear ones, dear ones. So that that's what what is happening. Of course, we we're already aware of pneumonia, of diabetes, cancer, or whatever. But now there's like a new ghost around, taking our souls away. It's a new ghost that can carry you all away, carry your uh, beloved ones. So, um, obvious. Uh, it's obvious that we um, people die anyway, right? It's obvious that people die of other causes. I mean, but this is a new thing uh, in the game, and uh, of course, it scares everyone. It's a norm. It, it's it's a very normal thing. Not only of you dying, but many times the, the, the fear of death is of you having to deal with losing your beloved ones. So what I think is that um, we are learning that, uh, like you said, some people, they stayed at home with bad habits, or I mean, they didn't, it didn't change anything on their mindset or, or or their daily habits or whatever. But um, we, we see very clear that the world is divided onto those who believe that uh, humans are in charge of our own destiny, right? So 
uh, we humans became very, very arrogant in this sense. We think that we're in charge, we control the nature, we control the environment. Some other people know that we're not in charge of anything. I mean, the nature or um, cousin or, um, or a matrix or a system or God or whatever, this... These things beyond our knowledge, they're controlling, in a sense, like <clears throat> like an algorithm, like a like a, an original algorithm that um, creates everything. It's probably in control of everything, finding its balance. And for some reason, we we now face this balancing situation where we will learn to live in a different way. We will be vulnerable, vulnerable to a virus. I mean, changes will happen for sure. So, I mean, uh, I believe that um, we had to think out of the box. So, usually, we believe in on the media. We we um, we are obedient to our government. But now, for, for instance, here in Brazil, all this, the, the the health system, the the the, the Doctors and the Minister of Health is telling people to stay at home, and the president say says the opposite. So you can obey, you can attend to, uh, you you have the choice to attend to whatever you want. But um, we see now that governments they they can they can even um, be. Uh, destroying, uh, I mean, your own ideal of a society. So this whole thing is being rethought. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a very very complex subject, and uh, I don't think uh, we will have all the answers till till later down the road. There's still so much to to be unveiled in 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 the subject, but. Um, but obviously, you know, we are hoping that we're going to get an outcome in the sense of uh, having a, a proper treatment and a eventually a vaccine which um, will be effective and uh, get us all back to uh, some sort of normalcy uh, uh, sooner rather than later. Do you have any particular uh, beliefs? In the sense of, do you believe in God? Are you Christian? Uh, was your family a spiritual family? What are your beliefs when it comes to spirituality? All right. Um, yeah, I believe in God. But the thing is, the concept of God is so different among people. That I've spoke to atheist people that, that um, manifest not believing in God. But when we, we decide to, 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 to describe what is the concept of, of God, I, I very often find out that I don't believe in that very God that an atheist is describing. Because I don't believe that God is um, like a father that is uh, caring, and um, is with, only with um, caring about me, with love, that's not my concept. I I believe that we are connected to 
to a higher matrix that coordinates the whole thing. And we can align ourselves better or worse to that algorithm, right? So I think that the higher consciences, they have no ego. So they have no intentions, like proper intentions, right? But I also believe that our intention, our ego, our will, it's a powerful thing. And when you connect to this, uh, to this matrix, per se, you can, you kind of, um, you can change your life, you get a powerful thing on your life, you get fulfilled with love. I mean, we can always say it's this matrix is love, but love is also a very uh, misconceived concept. People have different different understanding of that word. So what happens is describing uh, spirituality is always a very hard thing because when you bring into words something that's so, so very abstract, in, as a, I mean, in fact, is the most abstract uh, thing that's possible be because it's the absence of of matter it's the absence of reality in the way we see i think <clears throat> that space and time is just a tiny portion of the real uh, multiverse i think that matter and time it's it's just a tiny portion of our existence and and that we can obviously connect to this higher uh, force, not only force, but higher reality, yeah? And the higher dimensions, they probably don't have any time, they don't have any matter, which is hard for us to think, because our brain needs, I mean, our, uh, our mind needs the brain, which is matter, and time to form the thoughts. It's hard to think that we can exist beyond that brain, beyond that conscience. But uh, but I I also am a universalist, which means that I don't think that I have this single truth. I believe that in the matter of religion and spirituality, there are so many paths, different paths for you to 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 find. You find your, yourself beyond your, 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 your lifetime, right? Because it's hard for us to see ourselves beyond our lifetime, our names, our, uh, the way we see ourselves in this reality, in, in, in our living conscience. It's hard to see ourselves before our birth or after our death. Uh, but yes, yes, I believe. I just think it's a very complex thing because it's 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 uh, many times religions try to make it too simple, and and then in that sense, I I would agree with some atheist friends of mine. Um, do you do you believe in um, in say for example what uh, some of the stories that uh, the Bible carries and 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 Jesus Christ and do do you relate yourself to uh, Catholicism in any way? 
Yes, yes. I believe uh, I I was I was raised as a Catholic. I, I don't I, I can't say I'm, I'm Catholic uh, in a, in a more uh, conservative sense. But yes, I believe Jesus was like. Um, I don't think he he is, for instance, the only the only savior. That would be too sad that we killed, we crucified our only savior, and that we have to 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 suffer with the guilt and the fear of judgment. I think we should free ourselves from fear and judgment and guilt. But uh, yes, I think that um, he brought the concept of forgiven, forgiving each other, and which is already enough to cure the whole world if we would find love among each other and forgiveness. But um, I think he was also very distorted along the way because he had he carried a human side right and people seem to fear that um that we would discover his human side the the side of him that is um very likely to to commit mistakes it's like the rage he felt uh when he when when he uh, entered jerusalem he saw that people, all the, the, the people around the temple, and they were uh, selling things and stuff. He was uh, filled with rage, which is one of the seven capital sins. And he started to, you know, be aggressive with people. That made a huge change in destiny. Because I believe that the destiny is, is multiple uh, way of options on that very way on that very uh, with, with that very behavior um, <clears throat> it was very hard for the people in the temple to believe that he was really the Messiah you know of course people were aware that he was coming some of the the, the, the um, sacerdotes I mean the, the higher higher people in the for the church, uh, the the Jews, right? And he was supposed to be saving the Jews from the Romans, from the fear, from death, from whatever. I mean, people had different pictures of, okay, what is this Messiah saving us from? So his human side is still suffering. He's still suffering because it is his human side, human side that made it so confusing. And we should forgive ourselves, and we should also forgive him for leaving us with such a, a conflicted, um, conflicting um, uh, verses, right? Verses of his life, because we now have to read uh, just bits of what happened. It's not like if we, if he had Facebook at, at that very time, and we would could follow every steps of his day, it would be much different. We would probably see much more his human side. And the whole thing would be different nowadays. 
But yes, uh, I believe Christ is being my friend. Christ is being a guru. Uh, Christ is being a messiah to me. But I, I believe that uh, people who don't believe that he is a messiah should also be saved somehow. Like the Indians, like the natives in Brazil, they had their own lives. It's very hard to explain to them that uh, a guy right there, I mean, 2,000 years ago, in a place called Jerusalem, he was crucified. And uh, I mean, it's hard to, to. And if they don't believe it, I mean, they wouldn't. They won't be saved. I mean, it, that there are there are bits of that story that should be rethought. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, do you pra do you have any spiritual practice yourself, and uh, do you practice meditation, for instance? Yeah, I practice meditation. I, I I'm not very sure yet if it is a spiritual practice because we usually call a spiritual many many uh, things that. Are that seem abstract to our minds, but I mean, I, I don't even know if if meditating and being connected to reality, I mean, the real, uh, uh, the, 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 the real environment, which is more more energetic than the material. I don't know if it's a spiritual thing or just a thing that should be. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing that, that I recommend to everyone, you know. It's hard just to say, um, but yes, yes, I meditate a lot, and I, I have my, a place here in my working room where I have the Holy Bible and many things that connect me to, to, that, uh, to that inner self. So I, I, I light up incenses, I, I meditate, I pray. I pray a lot too, and in different ways. Not not in a traditional way. Usually, I do my own way. But yes, I have my habits. I, I don't even know if they're spiritual or just habits of uh, of a naive, ingenuous uh, human. Um, do you do you have any sort of um, a part of the day specifically that uh, you normally? Uh, take the time to practice your meditation, or does that vary? Yeah, usually in the mornings. I, I like to do the Miracle Morning. I read this book. It was also during the, the quarantine time. It's a book by, um, I forget the name of the guy, but it's it's called Miracle Morning, which means you, you have to... to, to to do some habits before you start your day. Right. Um, Let me just quickly stop you, Rafa. So, yeah, please right. do describe us. Then uh, I was going to I was going to put this in the same question, but uh, since you started, uh, what are your morning uh, routines, rituals? So I think this is a perfect timing to to put all this together. So please carry on. All right. So meditation. I start. I like to do it very early in the morning. I, I learned that it's very important to do some stuff before you start your day. You know, like, okay, but that, that's, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, like reading, many times we don't find time to read after you really, you actually start your day. Okay, now I start doing the things I planned to do. 
you don't meditate, you never find time to meditate. Many times you don't find time to exercise. So all of this should should happen before you say, okay, I stop my day, I stop my responsibilities, the stuff that I've got to do, and and so on. So I wake up, I meditate, I read a little bit, I focus on my plannings and things that I, uh, goals that I want to reach. And then uh, I also exercise, then I have my breakfast, and then I can say, that I start my day. And I, when it's like around five or six o'clock, when the sun is setting here in Brazil, it's, it, the sun sets very early, like around six o'clock, 6 p.m. And I meditate again, usually. I, uh, and the very important thing for meditation is turn off your cell phone, right? So uh, I would usually only turn on my cell phone after breakfast. So I had meditated, I had read a little bit of a book, I had exercised, and then I then I had my breakfast, and then I would turn on my cell phone. And when it's, yeah, and I found out to be very important to, to have our, our phones shut off during the day. Okay, it's usually, it's usual to, to shut it off when you go to sleep. Some people don't even do it, but it's very, very healthy. Not only because of, of I mean, uh, gamma rays, not, not none of that. I mean, uh, it's because you're connected to the world. You're not shutting off your eyes completely if your phone is on. So during meditation, it's important, and it's a weird feeling because we get so addicted to be around our phones. From my profession, I'm always uh, on social medias and stuff, many times showing off your routines, showing off your uh, your daily habits and stuff. It's very important to shut off the windows to the world because that connects you to other families, other people. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's nice to be connected, but it's also important to disconnect. So around six o'clock, I shut up my phone for like 15 minutes. I mean, sometimes when you're getting so many messages, it's, 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 it's hard to do it. It's really hard. It feels weird because your, your WhatsApp or your messengers, they're all like bombing with messages. And 15 minutes that you delay your, your reply won't kill anyone. And it's a deep feeling to just be quiet with your cell phone off during any time of the day. Yeah, I definitely, def. I mean, I totally relate to to all of the things that you that you've just said because um, I I do practice my meditation first thing in the morning as well and I've been quite bad actually with the phone thing because I tend to wake up nowadays in the morning and then check the news and then eventually obviously because you i keep my phone off during the night like everything no signal no wi-fi everything is off but then it's inevitable to when you turn it on then you're getting messages on whatsapp and then um you check obviously social media when you realize 30 minutes of your morning just uh, evaporated um because you were checking stuff some of the stuff is actually interesting i mean if you're reading the news on your phone it's um 
it's stuff that you kind of have to know. I do like to read the news in the morning just to, I mean, selected news just to get a grip of, of what's, uh, what's happening, you know, um, in the world and in the country of which I live here in, in, in the UK. Um, so that, but that's, that's amazing. I do think that the, it's very difficult, just like you said, to create the space uh, as soon as the, the the day starts to to roll in, and people do not comprehend how important it is to just give yourself and your mind a break. It refreshes. It changes all the connections in your brain, and it does make you more um, alert. It does make you more. Um, uh, um, what's the word a bit more like proactive afterwards as well because you did kind of like press the reset button and that gives you uh, calm and peace to proceed with your proceedings on the day um, it's very important but then a lot of people I think find it really difficult because we are all expecting things all the time so when you go exercising you expect to lose some weight when you go uh, meditating, people go into it, get into it, but expecting an, 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 some sort of outcome, which is intangible. It's a subject, subjective uh, thing of which you can't touch, you can't see. And it takes time for you to really um, feel and, and comprehend the differences that that small period of time of the day that you create for yourself on the long run will create a lot of, will bring a lot of benefits to your inner peace, to yourself, and to the way that you relate to the world, to, to the people around you, to your family and, and friends and, and, and work colleagues and such. Um, we haven't tapped yet into um, something that's obviously, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a, I was going to say it's your life, but I think that's a little bit too much. It's a massive part of your life, which is, uh, your musical career, you know, um, the, you know, you being an artist, and I would like to. Um, we've obviously been we've known each other for a long time, so. Um, but a lot of people that will be listening to this probably uh, don't know as much as I do know about you. But so, if you could please just tell us, Rafa, uh, about um, what was your musical upbringing, and at what age did you pick up the, you know. Uh, a guitar for the first time and and what happened if you can remember what happened within you and uh, in the sense of like okay I really want to kind of like uh, learn more about this and then eventually studying uh, uh, music and uh, acquiring a degree uh, on that field and then eventually we're gonna get into um, what happened with you afterwards and then forming anger and and the years that followed but if you could just give us a glimpse of how was uh, what was the early days in the sense in, in in the sense of you being a musician what what happened to you how what brought you into into the musical world into the musical career uh, what brought me into music was the passion for music i was a kid that loved to listen to music and at a certain point, at a certain point when I was like around nine or ten, I started to tell my father that I was going to be a a musician, a professional musician. And when I was like around eleven, he said, "Oh, I kept mentioning that." And he said, "Okay, if if you're willing to be a professional musician, you got to learn an instrument." Because <laughs> it was like, "Okay, I played a little bit of." 
piano here and there, but not like practicing as a professional. That, that clicked in my mind that I had to really dedicate myself into it. Um, when I was very young, my, my, my family used to get together every Sunday on, um, on my, my grandfather's house and all the cousins and uncles and friends around the family. They're all there singing, telling jokes. And with an acoustic guitar, I was like going from hand to hand. No one there were, no one that was a professional musician, but I mean, they were all around music. And of course, in a Sunday family meeting, people scream to each other about government, scream to each other about po uh, politics and uh, religions or other more polemic issues. But the thing is, uh, music would put everyone into the same level. They would stop talking. They would just listen to music. And that was a magical thing for me. I mean, the power of music to get everyone to be like in reference to, to, to sound. And I was very, I, I used to love to listen to music. So I sat there and by my, my grandfather and I was listening, <clears throat> people were telling jokes. So communication and culture was the link, right? And the music. <clears throat> when I was around nine, Queen, the band Queen came to Brazil. They played in the huge football soccer stadium here in very, very close to my home. So I could really watch and see the whole concert as a kid from my bedroom. Because from my bedroom window, I could see inside that soccer stadium. And that was very annoying because of the games, like two or, two or three games a week that I had to mean all the traffic would be jammed and around my home. But on that very day, that family meeting around music became full, fulfilled the whole uh, soccer stadium of 70,000 people to hear Freddie, Brian, Roger, everyone, uh, John, <laughs> just forget his name for a sec, to, to, to hear their music. And on that very moment, uh, I decided to, to, to be part of that. I mean, in some way, I, I needed to be part of that. I found my path. Oh, it's a long story, but to make it short, I also used to talk to, uh, I had, I, was, I always was a very creative, imaginative kid, and I used to talk a lot with angels spirits and angels that came to me or to my mind, I don't know. And um, this, uh, they started to kind of guide me to this, telling me you should do this, you should do that. And even if it's a very creative thing in my mind, it worked because I had to, to, to form a band, I had to, to, to practice, I had to, to read, in order to, I had to write stuff, so I started to write stuff. And it was very, very bad stuff that I wrote, but I mean, it was very important to write bad stuff because it's, it's like if you have 
if you have skins that you have to shed in order to find the the more the, your essence, right? So I finished high school in the United States. That, that was when I learned a little bit um, to, to, to write and speak English. I came back to Brazil and I started a band that would combine heavy metal music, rock in general, classical music, and the Brazilian music. Um, all the Latin culture and, and topics, right? Uh, We've done our first album, it's called Angels Cry. It was very nice in Japan. So suddenly it became gold record in Japan. I started the band when I was 19 and when I was like 22, I had a gold record. There was a huge thing in my life. It became like, became the uh, biggest space in my life. Angra became an took the largest, largest space in my life. So everything I think, I've, everything I live, I have to relate with this since then. And it's been, uh, it's been almost, it's been 29 years, right? I started when turning from 19 to 20. Now I'm 49. So it's been almost 30 years of records, touring, uh, promoting, uh, writing songs, relating with the audience, uh, learning, evolving into making it better. Um, all the human issues that happen when you work with music and when you are an artist and you also work with other artists, and then you're all inside a room deciding where to go with your huge egos inflated. So it's a lot of learning on, on the human and personal level, the related, relation, relating to people, understanding people. So it, that's been my life for, for, for the past, uh, I mean, 45 years. Do you recollect um, a specific moment when, well, you said at the age of 22 you had a gold album and, in Japan and, um, and then obviously the band was getting very well known and very well recognized in Brazil. Um, it would possibly take another, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but possibly another two to three years when the second album was coming out that the band was actually playing for for big, big crowds in Brazil and then uh, touring Europe and playing big shows. And then the third record uh, was actually when the band reached um, like a, a, a massive level, international level, and it's on home ground, uh, Brazil. What was, uh, what, what were the feelings, if you can remember, of like riding that train, going through that journey in the sense of, seeing a constant evolution and i'm talking about the band career you know the the music that you guys were making together and then seeing that uh, that was being well received not only in brazil but being well received um outside of the country everywhere in the world and what was the feeling that you the feelings that you can remember of you know uh being such a young uh guy and already like experiencing something that it's quite uncommon 
for Brazilians, we don't have uh, many uh, international acts uh, acts that uh, achieved uh, international recognition. So uh, it's it, it's on itself already like a massive thing to 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 obtain. But then emotionally and and dealing and, and having like for example uh, making a living out of something that for the vast majority of, of, of the people in the world it will always only be a, a very distant dream to actually get that paycheck they eventually oh my god okay I'm playing music and now I can actually afford things by writing music with my my colleagues my friends and releasing records what was happening within you in that sense? Some people get lost. Some people uh, get, you know, uh, overwhelmed by 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 those experiences. You seem to have coped with it really well, at least from an outside uh, uh, point of view. So, what can you remember from 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 the nineties uh, uh, before getting into the two thousands that really, uh, you know, you could share with us in the sense of like as an experience, as a, as a, as a, as a personal, uh, growth experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it was a chaos because it was, it was like a very turbulent, uh, moment of lots of emotions to deal with. Like you're young and then you have this, you have this gold record and doing another record, you have a world tour. And uh, it's very hard not to feel special. It's very hard not to feel that you're more special than other people. And I think it's a very, very tricky part of the of the business because I mean, if if you get into something where if you get into a, to a goal, if you reach a goal that many many people uh, dream. To, to, to reach, it, it's hard not to tend to think you deserve it for some reason. Um, nowadays, I see it more like a burden, more like a karma, and a mission, but not a mission where you are going to receive the prize. The prize is for the people who you benefit. Yourself, many times, you will get so confused that um, that uh, will be hard to, to live life. It's not so easy to be exposed on a stage where everyone there, everyone down there is is creating their own picture of you which is not what you really are and at a certain point you get a little bit confused on am i what they think i am am i what i think i am am i what i want to be am i what they want me to be or who am i in the, in the very end and the ego is a powerful thing. It leads you, and like uh, like a, like a train, like a locomotive. It, 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 it's it's hard to really really control your ego. And but um, what I remember from the nineties is that we were five very very talented 
musicians from Brazil. But it was also like a five-headed snake. It is hard to, to, to decide where to go. I mean, who is, is in charge here? I mean, we didn't have that very set. Who is the leader or whatever. So it was also a lot of... Um, a lot of arguing, which is not bad, or conflicts, not arguing, but conflicts. And my life wasn't so peaceful like today. Right, right. Um, which, um, which obviously then uh, moves us to, to the point of where, you know, uh, it's almost 30 years since you, you, you began your professional journey as, as, as a musician and evolving and changing and having different perspectives and, and obviously learning about uh, ourselves is, 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 is something that happens with time, uh, we would hope, obviously. Um, do you think that, obviously, this is a big if and uh, not not trying to 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 create a, a world of which we we'll never know if 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 that would have been possible but like do you think that perhaps um if everything that happened to you at the age of 19 20 have happened 10 years after do you think that that could have played in a different way do you think uh, um age is something that um do matter when it comes to success uh, that's very hard to say because I mean, when it comes to if, it's an infinite, uh, it's an infinity of choices, yeah? of possibilities. <clears throat> so what I think is that um, it took so long for me to to really age, to really get more mature in in a sense of relating with people, in a sense of my self image. It took so long that 10 years maybe wouldn't make too much of a difference, <laughs> you know. What I think is, what would definitely be changed is that I, when, I, when I prepared myself to be a musician, I also wanted, I also dreamed of many other alternatives for my career. I would be very, very satisfied if I was like a soundtrack or sound designer to movie, making music for movies and stuff. I would be very happy because I, I, it was one of the things that I did love, you know, to do. Like put music into a story that someone is telling. And I would be very, very uh, happy if I was like a musician, a pop artist here in Brazil, singing in Portuguese for a local artist in Brazil. I would be very happy too. And nowadays I see that uh, I would still be happy doing it. You know, like being an international heavy metal artist was one of the things that I would dream of. But I was the kind of the uh, I was that kind of kid that would have so many multiple dreams. I I wanted when I was young, I wanted to be a professional surfer. You know, I like to surf, uh, and when I was young, even more. I wanted to be a professional surfer, even though I'm an awful surfer. surfer. But um, but I love doing it. I would be very very satisfied to you know make my living out of that practice that is so blissful. But um, well, yeah. I mean, uh, 
everything happened because of that very moment in time that I was, and I was really following my intuition and my purposes because I've always wanted to impact on people with stuff that I write. That was a goal for me. And fortunately, now I can say that, yes, I have impacted the life of many kids, many other people with the stuff that I wrote and the stuff that I still write. And that is a, a accomplishment of, of that very mission that I've mentioned. Yeah, I think that carrying um, like music and art for, for, for decades it's 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 an achievement on itself to still be relevant after so many years and after so long and um it's it's just it's just a, a massive achievement on itself uh, considering that a lot of people come and go uh especially nowadays with the advent of social media and uh, streaming services and how the music industry has changed so drastically uh from back then to to what it is today and what it's going to be tomorrow uh, to keep and stay relevant it's 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 just an incredible achievement which uh, on itself is something that um, that you probably are very proud of um, right so when it comes to you just mentioned surfing I know that you love being outdoors being in in, in nature what um, what like what do you how do you see um, this question, the, the subject of climate change, how do you see uh, uh, the way that we uh, homo sapiens as humans are, are dealing with, with as far as we're concerned, as far as we know, the only home that we have, which is planet Earth, and uh, do you, are you very mindful about it? Do you do any particular things on, on, your, on your life uh, from as simple as, um, you know, uh, putting organic uh, uh, rubbish in one bin and non-organic in another and things like that that you perhaps could uh, tell us about it uh, yeah I mean I think I think I'm not as um, as polite to the environment as I could be but yeah as I separate my trash I, I don't throw three things on the street but I don't I mean I'm not very strict uh, and spreading down, taking part of a movement, specific movement, like I, I wish I could, I, I would. You know, if I could, I would be part of Greenpeace and killing people that that kill whales, this kind of stuff. But, and I'm not that, um, that uh, aggressive with this, but uh, yes, I think we all should do our parts. Yes, I mean, yes, it, it should be a natural thing to care about our environment. Starts with our own home. Starts with our own uh, space, right? You should each one should care about your own space and that very space. If everyone is caring about your own space, uh, theoretically, uh, all the spaces around people would be clear, would be fine, would be ecological and stuff. Do you think that climate change is 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 a thing? Is it something that is actually happening? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it should, I mean, we should we should <clears throat> consider uh, that we we don't need to wait for for the confirmation, you know, to 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 work towards a better environment. Like 
we don't need to wait to, 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 to have like a scientific confirmation of the human impact, you know, to stop uh, making uh, like the fishes and turtles eating plastic bags, you know. It's like, okay, will the, the killing of the turtles be really harmful for me one day? Or will the smoke from, from automobiles be harmful for the environment? I mean, it could, if there's a chance that it's been harming, it's like if your neighbor, right? You're being noisy, your neighbor complains, right? You can all, you always have the, 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 the you can always say, okay, uh, well, I'm still in the limits of noises allowed. Uh, I don't think, I think you're a sad person, so you get, you get annoyed with, uh, anything so i will continue with my noising here you could do that or you could do okay he's being bothered with this i should just slow down a bit and respect that boundary right so there's a chance that we are harming the environment some 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 researchers say it is confirmed some others say it's not but people say people start saying, okay, I will continue harming the environment because it's not confirmed that uh, climate change, change is, due, is due to to human impact. I don't think we should wait to that confirmation. I think we should see it as a yellow light. Uh, we shouldn't start moving ourselves waiting for the red light. I think we should move into green when we see the yellow. What, um, what are the things that occupy your mind than other people? Porn. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but that, 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 would be, that wouldn't be more than other people, would it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> just joking. Uh, no, uh, well, many things. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a very troubled mind. Uh, it's always, it's always wondering about stuff, and I can't. It's hard for me to stop it. That's why I meditate because it's a way of stopping it. And, Do you think uh, that meditation uh, very, helps? You? I'm very, I'm a very anxious person, which is very uh, limiting many times. Because I think so much of stuff that I want to do, so much, many times about the future, many times about plannings, that it's hard for me to just focus in the moment that I'm in. But um, well, so many stuff. I like I like to be uh, alert, you know, to 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 everything that's happening around me, people around me, everything. So. Uh, that's why it's many times I um, just shut up my phone and stop it, trying to quiet down. Um, so, yeah, you just mentioned about things that you keep thinking about what you're going to do and, and what's next. Um, uh, what are the things or, or or basically what are the things that you, in terms of, of uh, personal career ambitions, that you might have, that you still haven't um, attained throughout the last three decades of, 
of, of working as a professional artist, a professional musician? Yeah, I like to work with education. I like to work with as a coach for bands. So here in Brazil, I'm coaching bands. Uh, I like doing it. I like to bring a little bit of my experience to bands who want to, to be professional and they many times many times they they mess up on on details they are so um, not so complex to, to adjust I like to to work a career as a local artist here in Brazil singing uh, songs writing songs in Portuguese I like to sing so uh, most part of my career I was uh, I'm a composer writer and a guitar player but I love I love to sing so I would pro I would like to sing more it makes uh, it, it, it feels so good for me to sing so it's more not so grandiose stuff but stuff that would probably um, fulfill my just my uh, yeah my desires super cool what do you do to unwind rafa what's the perfect lazy day on your books well i like to sit down have a beer i like um i really like to to have some beers and and chill many times i, I watch two movies or tv series with my wife many times because i'm obligated to it some other times I feel like doing it. <laughs> I love uh, cooking food and also eating good food. So we're also always cooking and eating good stuff with wine. I like to travel out of, as you said, as you mentioned, to you know, to open spaces, to the beaches, and surf and camp, or and being on on simple. Um, simply uh, uh, on a simple place, right? Not luxury or anything, just away from civilization. And I like reading, I like uh, listening to music. And you know what? When I'm chilling, I love to write songs. I don't write songs because I am a professional composer. I write songs because it really it feels good so every day i'm writing songs i'm not recording i'm not writing it i just uh, putting out some chords with some melodies and many times some scratches of lyrics and that no one else would ever hear beside me but if it's um but when you're doing so that's an interesting one if you're writing stuff that um, that you're not recording it and, and, and like you just mentioned that nobody will ever uh, hear, um, w what if there's something really good in that? I mean, do you have then a, a feeling of like, oh, wait a minute, this is actually something that I could be using for that particular project of mine. Uh, do you then perhaps take the... How, how can you make the differentiation of like, okay, great, now I'm going to sit down and work on this particular project, on this particular song, and now I'm just chilling and writing in general, and I'm not recording it, and I'm not going to perhaps do uh, anything professionally with this. How can you differentiate that? Well, there are two things. First, 
um, my thoughts, they many times they come out in music, they come out as music, right? So I just pick up my acoustic guitar and I start thinking about things and the chords are flowing. And at a certain point, I feel like singing a melody and I'm thinking of stuff. I'm thinking about my day, about the stuff I want to do and planning many times. So I'm planning and just throwing out chords. I'm planning and thinking and rethinking of stuff that, uh, that should be done or an opinion that I have about something. And I'm throwing out chords and melodies. And at a certain point, also a few words could be put together to fulfill one of those melodies. But um, that is just part of me thinking, right? Uh, making it at a professional level brings another uh, responsibility to it because it, then it, I should be throwing out chords that people would like. And I don't want to be stuck into that responsibility. Like, okay, now I need to play something that would be pleasant for other people. No, I start with silence. From silence I make, comes some thinkings, some thoughts, and then some chords that would, I mean, just mean nothing. I'm not thinking of pleasing myself or anyone. It's just chords and music, right? It's spontaneous music. Then comes the that uh, group of group of music that being played that could be pleasant for other people. Okay, and then from that group of music that would be pleasant for the others comes a na very narrow group of ideas that would be pleasant for the for the people who like my music. You know what I mean? It's like okay. My music, it's also uh, framed around uh, style and expectations because they've seen my records, they have their own uh, opinions about it, and they have their own expectations. So I have to flow a lot of musical ideas all the time so I can control it, right? So I I'm always flowing with musical ideas from that range, I, I separate the things that I like. Many times I record it, some other times I just don't. And then I have to do like a catalog of ideas with the ideas that I think that people, the, 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 the fans of Angra, they would like it because they're also very, very conservative. They, they don't like anything that I write. They like a very specific kind of ideas that I write. So it's, you have to be always flowing. You have to be always separating uh, these ideas. And then, then they should be ready for, to be worked out. Because an idea, when it comes, is just an idea. In order to really make sense as a song, it should be better worked and also in many different directions that you could just take that music, you know, it could be like a three minute simple acoustic and voice song or like a six, seven minute progressive thing with some of those melodies around that very com that more complex structure. Mm -hmm. Right. What are the 
some of the subjects that you enjoy exploring outside of the ones that uh, we've already talked that uh, some interest that you might that you have that it might not surface um, well I think I think all the subjects that I that I like to deal with they 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 always um, they're always brought to the level of uh, the contradictions of human cognitive system. So I, I, I like to, to be, uh, to observe how contradictory we, we are on you know, the way we think and the way we behave, our intentions versus our actions. So, I mean, basically all, I mean, when I speak about, about uh, religion, about history, about mythical uh, figures or whatever. Always, uh, or, or if I'm telling a story, a very re realistic story, <clears throat> many times I want people, I mean, to bring people um, to, to this, how hard it is to be um, coherent with our values, our beliefs, how hard it is to be coherent with our behavior. Very nice. Raf, we are getting uh, close to wrapping up these conversations. I pro this conversation, I probably have just um, uh, a couple of other very quick questions for you. Um, what kind of food do you go for when you are in need of a treat? When you say, do you know what, today I'm gonna, this, this is not, maybe it is, we never know, but like normally it's something that is not that, that very healthy, but it's like, okay, I really like this kind of food, I don't eat it all the time because whatever, so uh, today it's that day, what would that be? I love Mediterranean food, I love sea, seafood combined with some of the Italian stuff. I love spaghetti. With, I love, I mean, my, actually, my favorite food is Spanish food because uh, I love the paella and all the, the seafood and stuff. So many times when I go out in the, uh, in near the ocean here in Brazil, I have, uh, I, I, I usually go to this place. It's a fisherman, um, it's a fisherman village. So it's few families. They still fish for some restaurants around there. And I like to get some shrimps and, and other stuff from them. And I cook myself. I cook it. I mean, I cook it for myself and my, my wife with some red wine or beer. I mean, it's a perfect moment. Seafood, uh, sorry, white wine and or beer. Then I'm in heaven. <laughs> amazing. I can't go wrong with that, can you? It's just no, amazing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and um, to wrap up the conversation, what are you reading at the moment? And uh, what are the books that you can think at the top of your head that uh, you think are... Uh, made a big impact on you, on yourself, and perhaps you shared with, with, with family and friends? Well, uh, 
during the quarantine, I read this Miracle Morning, which I very much indicate to people. And I'm still reading Sapiens. It's a very nice book. I started it a few years ago. I stopped in the middle, I think. I'm reading it again. And I really like it. Uh, the uh, Param uh, Yogananda's uh, biography. I'm also reading this one again. It's a very nice book about uh, the life of Parama, Parahamansa Yogananda, which is a very um, known, notorious guru. And basically, there's another book that I'm always, I mean, always, I'm always switching from book to book, right? And there's one called Mindset. Uh, I forget the name of the girl. It's a, there's also another one that I'm always reading again. Uh, I don't know the name in English, right? Because this one I'm reading in Portuguese is from Deepak Chopra about our shadow side. Here is the shadow effect. If I'm not wrong, I will, I will see it. How you, how you see it? Are you there, Carl? What's that? Yeah, what? shadow effect, isn't it? Shadow effect, right? Deepak Chopra. The Shadow Effect. It's a very, very good book. It's it's short, but it has a huge impact on readers. Excellent. Yeah, I like Deepak Chopra. He has that book, um, the Seven or the Ten Spiritual Laws of Success, which is another very short yeah. book, and it's really, really good. Sapiens from Yuval Harari. It's excellent. Yeah, yeah. it's really excellent. good. The sequence of it, Homo Deus, which I'm just finishing right now. It's I I, I mean, if you're enjoying Sapiens, by all means, go and check that one. Because I mean. I've spoken to people that share the same opinion. I think it's even better than Sapiens. It's the it, yeah. basically where Sapiens uh, is doing, uh, telling the, a brief uh, uh, story of you know the history of humankind. Uh, Homo Deus is basically uh, a brief uh, story of tomorrow. You know what's what's yeah. and and it's really incredible. Like it's the kind of information that when you think about it, that's the kind of book that, uh, at least in my opinion, we should be there should be compulsory reading in schools you know like at least then you're gonna have a very good um well you know open up uh, uh parts of your brain and parts of the of, of, of your thoughts that you perhaps didn't ever think about it you know and uh and it gives you a better uh perspective about everything in general regardless of, of 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 beliefs or religions that you might follow or or education or if you agree or disagree entirely with what's that it's just very good information to to everybody to have yeah i agree and i'm very excited to, to go to homo to use to 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 read that one too because many people are telling me that it's a very very good follow-up it's like uh, even even going even deeper right yeah, 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 it's very true. It's excellent. Rafa, thank you so much for this conversation. It has thank been you, great, girl. very, very insightful, uh, very intelligent conversation. You are an incredible, incredible uh, uh, human being. I've known you for so many years and, 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 and I'm very uh, happy to have you as a friend and, and to have had the opportunity to share 
so many things in life uh, on the personal level and on the professional level as well. And uh, thank you for making the time for this conversation. Uh, as soon as I have it uh, edited and uploaded, I'll share with you and I'll send links and I'll make notes about all the books that we mentioned it here so people can uh, search for it online if they uh, wish so. And yeah, I wish you all the best and uh, we I'm sure we're going to be speaking very soon. Thank you, my friend. As I said, uh, I got uh, very selective with, about the people that I would really be close to, hug, and have time together, spend time together. And you are one of these people that I miss a lot. I'm looking forward to see you in person, hug you, have a couple of beer, or maybe a bit more than a couple, and. Um, and yes, you're a dear friend. Thanks for for the invitation. It was fun. It was an honor for me. Thanks, Rafa. Speak soon, my friend. See you, my friend. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation, this podcast, as much as I did doing it. So, if that's the case, please do follow on Instagram at RollerCoasterCarl, myself at Carl. Casa Grande on Twitter, same thing. Facebook, same thing. Uh, do subscribe. Do subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify. That's very, very much appreciated. Thank you and have a great, great day. Cheers. Bye bye.